And now your host. Hello, and welcome to Cindy's Celebrity Corner. I am your host, Cindy Gross. Once again, welcome into my corner, and thank you for making Cindy's Celebrity Corner one of the most listened to shows, whether you listen to it through the AM outlets, the FM outlets in the tri-state area, or you're downloading us internationally. We actually have a huge show today, so let's get right into my corner. Welcome into it. I want to talk to you about something that's been going on in my life the past two weeks that really is very important to each and every one of you, and that is the education crisis that is going on. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it because next week I'm going to feature the entire hour as a special on it. But I do want to tell you that now is the perfect time to start learning more about what's going on in your community, in your schools, regardless of whether or not you are a parent, a grandparent, or whether or not you send your kids to private or public schools. I am exposing a lot. I've been in a lot of media. That's why my voice sounds the way it is. But we're going to focus on it all next week in a very special episode. So please stay tuned for that. I want to share with you something else that's been going on. I'm very excited to start a series called Jews in the Media. There are so many names that many of us do not recognize unless they're in our community, that I want us to engage in conversation and learn their names because they are the people bringing us actual fact about what is going on around the world, which is really important to Jews these days. And I am a proud Zionist. Now, our audience has many non-Jews who listen, but they support Israel, and they work together with their American Jewish communities and their European Jewish communities. So it's a perfect uh, way that we can share some inspiring stories, some factual stories, and getting to work together with Jews and non-Jews. Tonight's show is also very special because we are going to be talking about summer binging. We're going to be talking about summer entertaining. We're going to be talking a little bit about what is popular right now on TV. And one of the hottest shows is The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And we are going to be featuring one of our former favorites, still a favorite among the fans. So we have a big show. Stay tuned. And coming up after the commercial, our first highlighted Jew in the media. Ari Hoffman. Selling a home can be expensive and stressful. Remax IQ has created a smarter home selling experience. Our successful real estate agents in New York will sell your home for as little as 2% commission and get you top dollar, stress-free, and fast. Just ask Joseph M. from Brooklyn. Remax IQ made it easy. No for sale sign, light offers in days. I saved $10,000 in commission and I was in contract fast. If you're thinking of selling, Remax IQ has created a smarter home selling experience. Our successful real estate agents in New York will sell your home for as little as 2% commission and get you top dollar, stress-free, and fast. To learn more, call 800-800-1372. That's 800-800-1372. We're not a discount broker. We're Remax IQ. Speak with a top agent today. 800-800-1372. That's 800-800-1372. Or visit RemaxIQ.com. Terms and conditions apply. Visit www.remaxiq.com slash disclaimer. Hi, this is Donnie Most, and I always enjoy listening to Cindy's Celebrity Corner with Cindy Gross. And now your host. Welcome back to Cindy's Celebrity Corner, and I am your host, Cindy Gross. And I am going to start a series about Jews in the media, some that you might not know, some you do know, but the new faces of newscasters and journalists that are Jewish and are bringing international stories to our attention. 
And the first one I am going to introduce, many of you might recognize from his appearances, whether it was in Fox News or Newsmax or uh, many other news stations. What is great about him is that he brings political analysis with comedy into his stories. So he has a really different kind of approach and take, and he's gaining an audience of all ages, from all backgrounds, and really from all political backgrounds, because the stories he's telling are really of interest to everyone. So Ari Hoffman, welcome to Cindy's Celebrity Corner. And I should say, when they got to know you really, was you actually taught everybody where Seattle, Washington was. Well, when I lived in New York, I had no idea that there were actually Jews in Seattle, Washington, let alone the fact that my wife lives there and went to a synagogue there and all that, because I thought that the sun rose on the east side of Manhattan and set on the west side of Manhattan. I mean, we had two football teams, we had two baseball teams, two hockey teams. What do you need more in life? And when I moved out here, you know, it's such a gorgeous city. It was such a beautiful city. I used to tell people all the time that you could eat off the floors in Seattle. Now you might get hepatitis just from walking down the street. It's that kind of place. And unfortunately, I've watched it change over time. Well, we are in New York and it's not so great here either. So either place you went, (laughs) you get the same kind of result. Uh, Tell us a little bit, you you write, tell us about your... um, work with the post-millennium? Sure. Turns out I was in the right place at the right time. What happened was I ran for city council in Seattle. And after I lost, I still had a, an itch for politics. I enjoyed the media stuff. And I, I want to kind of tell the story of what happened that people may not know. And I want to discuss the anti-Semitism that I dealt with while running for office. So I wrote a, an op-ed for the post-millennial. And for the people who don't know the post-millennial, that's the one that does a lot of the riot coverage that you saw last summer with a guy named Andy No out of Portland. He covered a lot of that. And I decided, hey, let's submit it to them because they seem to be on top of this kind of stuff. I'll tell them. And I told them the story about how I came home one Shavuos, one festival harvest uh, holiday. And I came home and there was a note on my door from the FBI, Seattle Police Department Joint Task Force that said, please contact us. And I had no idea what's going on. And as an observant Jew, for eight hours, I couldn't find out what was going on. I couldn't use the phone, nothing. And when I called them, it turned out that death threats have been posted against my family on the website 8chan, which is a right-wing hate site. And naturally, everybody assumed it was white supremacists, it was Nazis. But after the police dumped the investigation and forgot about them, the FBI closed the books. I had some private investigators check it out. Turns out that it actually was socialists pretending to be white supremacists, just trying to gin them up, for lack of a better word, against me. And one of them actually went on 8chan and posted... Man, I didn't mean for Hoffman to get all the sympathy. I was just trying to rile up the Nazis against him. So I wrote all this up because none of the Democrats in town condemned it. The mayor wouldn't condemn it. The city council wouldn't condemn it. Nothing. An African-American candidate in the race. Somebody vandalized one of his signs, which is horrible. It's wrong. It's awful. With a racial slur. And within hours, within hours, all the Democrats condemned it. So it's obviously a double standard with regard to whether it's because one is one color, one is another color, or whether it's because one is Jewish and one is not, whether it's become what, because they perceived one as a conservative and one as a socialist. They didn't want to deal with it at all. And I wrote all that up for the post-millennial. And I kept writing op-eds for them. I wrote little things about what was going on in Seattle. I wrote about one article a day. And then the autonomous zone happened. And they realized, wait a minute, we have a guy on the ground in Seattle. And that's when everything really blew up, when I'm going down to an autonomous zone every day. And I went during different times a day so I could see what it was like. And from there, it just media presence just blew up. And I started writing for the Post Millennial regularly. I became an editor over at the Post Millennial, started doing more TV appearances on Fox, on Newsmax, et cetera. And eventually I got my own radio show. I was just going to tell everybody about your radio show. Where could... Um, anybody who's not in Seattle, listen to the Ari Hoffman show. So you're going to find this interesting. When I was looking at the maps of podcasting, there's this massive pocket in Clifton, New Jersey of who's listening to our show. And I'm like, why Clifton, New Jersey? And then I realized it's done by a radius. So Clifton, New Jersey is right in between Englewood, Teaneck, Manhattan, New York, Queens, Long Island. So all the people on the East Coast who listen to me, it's all in that pocket right there, right in that little section of the tri-state area. I thought was pretty entertaining. So if people want to listen, they can get the podcast on all podcast platforms, Google, Spotify, Apple, and they can also get it at KVI.com. And you know that they're going to hear you on this uh, show 
live in the tri-state area, but it's also going to be uh, available, downloaded internationally through every outlet also. So they're going to have double the ARI this week. That's awesome. like it. My Tell opposition may not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, they're just happy that both of us are off on Saturdays. Yes. So tell us a little bit how you got into this all. I mean, um, you have so so much going on. Tell, do you have a journalism background? Not at all. Um, when I was in high school and college, I used to do a lot of theater. I went to Ramaz. I went to Westchester Day School. I loved being part of the plays and such and doing all that. And I went to Yeshiva University. I was in the drama club there. I was in the dramatic society. And for a while there, I was convinced I was going to be an actor. And then I found out that an Orthodox Jew can't really be a big time Hollywood actor because they're not going to redo the entire Hollywood production schedule to make way for Sukkot or for any other holiday for that matter. And a lot of the parties and stuff you have to go to is on Friday nights. So that really was something I just shoved out of my mind. And I went to real estate and real estate was something I love. I enjoy. I still do property management and such. And I always thought that, okay, I guess the media end of my career is just, you know, that's not something that's going to happen. And then as I was featured more and more on the news, and the way I originally got featured on the news was there was a Jewish cemetery in Seattle, which is what pays the bills for the Jewish community of Seattle. And the Seattle City Council's bad policies had allowed the homeless to start camping inside the cemetery, defecate in the cemetery, overdose in the cemetery. It was a disaster, over $300,000 worth of damage. And before I was involved in politics at all, I naively thought, oh, maybe I'll take it to the city council and watch what happens. And they had no interest in dealing with this whatsoever because it would only call attention to their mistakes. And one of them was supposed to meet us out there, didn't show up. So I started calling the media, having the media come to the, all this all the time. And I really much enjoyed the interviews. I wish it had been under better circumstances, but I was really enjoying it. Kind of took me back having a body mic and cameras and all that. It took me back to the theater days and it just got bigger and bigger. My uncle in B'nai Brock actually, who doesn't have a smartphone. It's one of the most religious communities in Israel. He called me one day when the autonomous zone was happening. And he said, are you all right? I'm like, I'm perfectly fine. Why? He goes, I just read about you and all this craziness going on in Seattle. Is your house inside that thing? He was, he was really, really worried about it. He read about this in some Yiddish newspaper. So the story about the cemeteries went international. The story about the autonomous zone obviously went international. And I was doing all these interviews all the time and I became the go-to Jewish guy. So, oh, something's happening in Israel, call Hoffman. Oh, something else happening with Jewish stuff, call Hoffman. And it just got to be the point where every news station in town was calling me to discuss the Jewish stuff and the homeless situation. So would you say to a young Jewish journalist who wants to start out that it might be a good thing to leave non-Jewish neighborhoods like New York or LA or Miami to see where you could go and uh, build a career? I'd say that there's probably more opportunity with which to do that. But at the same time, you need to think about where it's best to live a Jewish lifestyle. And it's harder sometimes outside of those major Jewish communities. But at the same time, yeah, they will talk to you more, but you shouldn't go for the because of that. You should say, Where's the story? Where's the news? And nowadays you can really go anywhere. I mean, look at the people from the Daily Caller. Look at the people from the post-millennial. They go into all these riot zones. They go wherever they can to get the story. And as a journalist, you have to realize that you have to go wherever to get a story. I have missed plenty of stories because they happened on Shabbos, because they happened on Yontif, because they happened on Jewish holidays. I've missed plenty of stories because of that. Now I have people. Now I have a team. Now I so tell us uh, about, um, you were telling us the experiences of uh, being Jewish and, t- and possibly having a career in journalism outside of the main Jewish hubs. Tell us, besides the Seattle stories, what other stories uh, you've done that you've really liked and were not Jewish oriented? Unfortunately, liked is a hard word because you talk about liked, it's it's always bad news. That's the one that gets the most amount of traction, which is really unfortunate. I wish there were more good news stories I did. But recently, recently, here's one. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, good news, bad news goes all the way around the world before good news Mm -hmm. has the time to put its shoes on in the morning. Is that Mark Twain? So one story that we just did recently that comes to mind is there is a socialist candidate running for office for King County, which is where Seattle is. And this person is endorsed by many Democrats locally. And a simple Google search will show you that in 2011, this person walked onto a school bus filled with children and threatened to blow up the bus. 
this person is running for office and is endorsed by Democrats. And when the children ran out of the emergency exit on the school bus, the middle school children, this person called them cowards. So this person is endorsed by Democrats. This person is running for office. This person is considered a viable candidate. And nobody in the local media wants to cover it. I covered it. It, of course, went viral. Fox News picked it up. Newsmax picked it up. It was all over the place. And yet the Seattle media hasn't picked it up at all. And this is a local race. This should be something that's on front page of every single news outlet. And it's not there. That's just amazing. I mean, I didn't, I didn't have to dig that hard. It was just Google. It was right there. And you know what else is amazing? You're you're sharing stories that people will think in New York or L.A. And here you are in Seattle. But then again, no one, you know, besides getting salmon, what do people think about Sam, uh, Seattle, right? Well, I'll tell you, it's more applicable than people know. The bail reform law that they passed in New York, the one that's causing all the problems, which was causing problems back in 2019 B.C. before coronavirus. Right around Hanukkah, you remember that you were having all these attacks on the Jewish community, and yet all these perpetrators or suspects or alleged perpetrators were being let out of jail after attempting to kill people or hurt people or punch people, whatever the case may was, may be weren't being hit with hate crimes, nothing. This bail reform law was what was churning them out. They actually based that on a law in Seattle and a program in Seattle called the Law Enforcement Assisted Diversion Program, which churns out these criminals. You have people out on the streets with 70, 80, 100 convictions are out on the streets of Seattle causing problems. Now, why is this bad aside from the obvious? Let me tell you how badly this could end. There was a guy in Seattle named Travis Berge. Travis Berge was notorious for being just going through cycling through the justice system and he was a homeless guy in seattle he was a drug addict in seattle he was featured in the same documentary i was seattle's dying for como news and the way his story ended was in the park inside the autonomous zone after the autonomous zone was broken up antifa and blm were still using it as a staging area claiming they were protecting the homeless from the authorities he killed his wife slash girlfriend by impaling her head with nails and then drowned himself in a vat of bleach inside a city building that is used to clean the tanks of a fountain in the park. That is how his story ended after terrorizing Seattle for years. And that's the danger of allowing this to continue, this revolving door justice system. This is one of the reasons I wanted to um, interview you because you actually have a spin on stories that other people don't, and you're bringing a new um, flow to journalism that's interesting so many people in so many ages. We've got to ask you, though, how's the coffee, the best coffee in Seattle? Would it kill everybody? No, I don't drink coffee. <laughs> it's just not. I mean, people here don't like Starbucks so much so that Starbucks started opening up non-Starbucks-branded stores so that people would go to them that look more like the coffee house from friends or something but if you go behind the counter all the ingredients are from starbucks people are very upset when tully's and seattle's best coffee were bought up by starbucks tell us where we can hear you where we can read your articles and how we can reach out to you directly absolutely you can find me on social media ari hoffman official on facebook and instagram the hot father on twitter you can listen to me on all podcast platforms the ari hoffman show and on 570 I'm sorry, on kvi.com. And you can read my articles at thepostmillennial.com. Can you give us one little scoop that's coming up that we might not think is coming up? Something that might be coming up. I have audio of the bombing incident that's under public disclosure request. That's a good one. But if you're talking about big national stories, so something I'm working on today is there was a story that was trending everywhere where two gay pride organizations are fighting with each other because one wants to charge admission to white people only and not people of color in Seattle. That was on the front page of Fox News this morning, I think. Well, it turns out that now they filed this complaint with the Human Rights Commission, and they got all this backlash from the other group, and it turns out now they're caving their position. They're giving in to the woke mob. And what's ironic about this is they actually, this organization that filed the complaint that they were doing this, was actually one that said police officers couldn't attend the Pride Parade this year. Ari Hoffman, you are definitely entertaining at dinner, I'm sure. You're Thank entertaining you. and informative. More importantly, you're actually sharing facts with people around the world that we need to know. 
And we cannot thank you enough for your reporting and for your uh, time with us at Cindy's Celebrity Corner. Thank you so much for joining us and for being actually the first guest in the series of Jews in the Media. Thank you. My pleasure. Take care. Thanks. Hi, I'm Kevin Sorbo, and I always listen to Cindy Celebrity Corner, along with the amazing Cindy Gross. Here is your host. Welcome back to Cindy Celebrity Corner. I am your host, Cindy Gross. Joining us now is probably the most, if not one of the most beautiful faces that ever graced Bravo TV. She is... She was such a sensation the season she was on that she still keeps relationships with a lot of the girls. And we're going to find out a little bit about that and everything else she's been doing because she's busier than ever. Joyce Gerard, thank you for joining Cindy Celebrity Corner. Hi, Cindy. You're so sweet. What a gorgeous introduction. Thank you so much. You're so sweet. So we have to ask you, uh, you were a housewife. The new season is uh, going on right as we talk. Tell us, do you watch the shows? Do you miss it at all? I, I don't miss it at all. <laughs> but I do watch it. Um, it's on my DVR, so I do catch up whenever I'm in bed and have nothing else to watch. I don't watch live, but I do watch it and catch up whenever I don't have anything else. Mm-hmm. Do you keep in touch with any of the girls? I do. I do. Uh, Lisa is actually one of my best friends. Um, we're together all the time, every week. <laughs> That's great. That's great. And I bet she doesn't miss it either. We're talking Absolutely about, not. <laughs> we're talking about Lisa Vanderpump, not uh, Lisa Renner. <laughs> yes, Lisa Vanderpump. What do you remember best about the season you were on? Um, I think I remember a lot of cattiness and a lot of pettiness. And that's why I don't miss it, because I don't miss that in my life. I wish I could remember great fun, great friendships, great trips, great this, great that. But that wasn't the case in my experience. Um, I'm sure everybody else's is different. But it's a lot of pettiness and a lot of arguing over nonsense and me personally, I think life is too short and I think I am way too blessed to put myself in those situations. That's why I don't miss it. So we met your sons and your husband uh, during the show and it's been a few years. So probably the boys are big now. Tell us how the men in your life are doing. Oh my God, the men in my life, they, they still treat me like the queen in their world. They're amazing. Um, Leonardo is already 11. He's about to turn 12. Valentino's 10. And I, I couldn't be more grateful to God for being their mom because it's the best thing in my universe. I mean, they are just spectacular little boys. They're, they're the best blessing I've ever received. And my husband, of course, is my everything. And he's, he's my, my best friend, my partner, my defender, my everything. He's, he's the best man out there. So you talk about your boys there being your everything. I don't think a lot of people know just how dedicated you are to children and that you actually help fund a school. Tell us a little bit about that. Um, I actually helped fund uh, three schools in Puerto Rico after Hurricane Maria and an orphanage. Um, because the government hadn't aided them. Um, Even a year after the hurricane, they still had no aid. They still had a lot of things that were incredibly dangerous for the children. So we went in and we fixed all of that. Um, But I opened my own school that I solely funded in Senegal, Africa. Um, And I have almost 200 children. Um, They call me Tata Joyce. And they are just incredible. Uh, One of the projects that I have now that I want to do, it's actually kind of on hold because then COVID happened. I wanted to do it and then COVID exploded. I want to go to Senegal and I want to teach the mommies how to be their own bosses, their own boss babes, like I call it, so that they can establish their own projects. And I'm going to start with teaching them how to make soaps and how to make creams because that's the line of expertise that I have. Um, making shampoos and making all these beauty products. So I want to teach them how to do it. I will fund their first round and let them go out there into the world and be their own entrepreneurs, and then they can continue the business. So I want to start it for the moms so that they can continue it. 
not to take away from this, but one of our monthly contributors started a very successful business working with young mothers to be on their own. So it's very interesting that you brought that up and she's going to be on a, a little bit later. Amazing. But, but uh, you know, you were talking about Puerto Rico. A lot of people who are listening might not remember you were a crowned beauty queen from Puerto Rico. <laughs> Remind everybody. I was, I was, um, I, I competed in quite a few pageants. Um, that's how I started in the entertainment business because I never thought I wanted to be in the entertainment business. I studied social work and special education. I have two bachelor degrees, one in each. Um, and for me, that was my, my thing, my passion. It was always children and, and helping them and through social work. Um, and then I competed in Miss Puerto Rico and that led me down the road to move to LA. Um, I was second in the Miss Universe. It was a big honor to represent my beautiful island, one of the biggest honors of my life, um, to wear that sash that says Puerto Rico and to have people call you by your island, not by your name. It's a big, big honor. And you mentioned makeup and hair, and of course you are known for your hair. Tell us a little bit about the products. So I have a hair care line. We started it on um, Evine. We started it right after Housewives. I won best hair on television. And then everybody started saying, okay, we need the secret. We need the secret. The secret started in Puerto Rico. I grew up in the mountains of Puerto Rico, not in the beach like everybody would think. Everybody thinks Puerto Rico and they think, wow, that's glamorous beaches. No, I grew up in the mountains, milking the cows and running around barefoot. And my grandma, because I grew up with a single mom, my grandma was always my, my babysitter. I grew up with her. She would always teach me about mother nature. And she would always say, you know, this plant does this. This is healing for that. This is for that. So we would always run around the mountains and she would teach me about mother nature. That's where my love for mother nature started. And I would always do these potions that she started teaching me how to do. And throughout my modeling days and my travels, I discovered all these other ingredients. So I had like this potion that I would make of ingredients taught to me by my grandma and through my modeling days. And I would make it always for my friends. And we would do hair days at my little apartment and hair masks and stuff. So then after everybody started asking me, what's your secret? I said, oh, I can make you one. It'll take me a couple of days because I got to get some ingredients, but it, I can. And they're like, what do you mean you can make? <laughs> and then they said, can we bottle it? Can we bottle this? And I said, I don't know. I have to see. And they said, we'll get you a lab. We need to bottle this. This secret needs to be out there. And that's how Joyce Gerard Beauty started. And now it's grown so much. We won an award for best supplement on television. It's a hair care supplement that is proven to show results. It's clinically tested, clinically studied. Um, in 90 days, our subjects had 35% more hair. Oh, wow. um, so so um, I'm, knock on wood, I'm very excited for my line. It's it's my, my third child right now. It's my third baby. Um, and I'm super passionate for it because every time I get customers that call me and call the office and talk to our team saying, listen, this changed my life for me. That's amazing. If you can touch just one person, you know, as, as cliche as it might sound, but if you have just one person that says, wow, this really changed my life. It's given me so much more confidence. It makes me feel so good about myself. My outlook is entirely different than, than for me. It's totally worth it. That's fantastic. And see, you took a negative with the year that you were saying, all the pettiness, and you made it such a positive for so many people. Absolutely. I always say that even in negative situations, if you are a positive person, you can come out positive and happy. And, you know, it, it's really funny because yesterday somebody wrote me, you can't say happy Memorial Day. And I'm like, what do you mean? Why can't you say? Well, it, I, I said, should it be sad Memorial Day? They're like, yeah, because we're remembering our fallen. And I said, no, everybody says happy Memorial Day because you have to celebrate life. You have to have that positive outlook. You have to celebrate life for those that died so that you could celebrate it you know so I always think that in everything there should always be that positive outlook you should never try to look at life like oh poor me oh sad me oh I was bullied I this I that so what everybody has problems you know just look at life be the strong human being that you are be grateful for every second and know that life is the best gift that the universe has to offer the most expensive gift in the world. So, well, that's that's such a positive um, 
outlook, especially since so many of us, I mean, you're in California, I'm in New York, we're the two states that have been affected so much by the COVID lockdowns and now getting back to life, uh, starting to go out more, starting to reopen businesses yeah, and, you know, camps. So especially for this summer, that's such a positive outlook. So if Andy Cohn or someone from Bravo was to call you and say, Joyce, we want you back on The Real Housewives, would you go? No. Um, we Actually, Lisa and I once talked about it a long time ago. And she says, you would have to go with me. I would never go with that. And I said, oh, my God. But, I mean, with I, I don't know. I have to say, I don't know most of the ladies that are on now. So I don't know if my experience would be different or would be positive. I don't know. With the group that I was with on Housewives, I would never go back. Um, but all the ladies are different, so I don't know. What about one of Lisa's other shows? Because you are so close with Lisa Vanderpump. I adore her, but I don't work at Sir, and I. <laughs> and the show is about the people that work there, so. I don't think I would be um, on that show. I don't know if the future has in stock another show for for the two of us. She's crazy busy right now. I'm crazy busy with my stuff. Um, she has uh, all the shows. She's doing Vanderpump right now, you know. So I don't know. But I would love to work with her because we get along so great. So it would be wonderful to be together every single I mean, we're together well, every week. But it actually, would be great to work. <laughs> you should have gone on her East show where she's serving food. <laughs> I was out of town, actually. When she was filming that, I was um, in Germany because my father-in-law passed away. So we actually went to Germany and stayed there for three months um, to be with my mother-in-law. So when she was filming, I was I was gone. Well, Joyce, I want to thank you so much for joining Cindy Celebrity Corner. Your positivity and your smile and your beauty. Uh, we feel it through the microphones, through the the, uh, audio, and we can't wait to have you back. We want to hear more of your projects, more of your beauty products, and uh, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Cindy, and to everyone listening, stay positive. I send you all a big, big kiss. God bless you all, and have a wonderful, wonderful day. Thank you. (laughs) Are you looking to update your branding and your business? Double G Designs works remotely with all businesses to create logos for stationery, business cards, social media posts, banners and posters, and all your needs for brand development. Gina Gelato has years of experience offering affordable logos to manufacturers, brand ambassadors, and party planners. She can be reached through her Instagram account and through her website, www. GinaGelato.com. That is www.ginagelaardo.com. I use her for my business, and I can tell you I have gotten many compliments on my logo branding. That's Gina Gelato, double G, designs.com. And now your host. Welcome back to Cindy Celebrity Corner. I am your host, Cindy Gross. And joining us now is our binge and sprint contributor, our lifestyle contributor, who has some really interesting tips. Uh, we were talking about it, and I was amazed how much information she shared with me that she's going to share with you and how she changed my mindset in just one conversation. So Naomi Joseph, successful businesswoman, educator, and author of the upcoming book, Binge and Sprint, which you can pre-order at Amazon. Thank you for joining us at Cindy Celebrity Corner. And the topic we are going to feature today is Summer Binge and Sprint. Tell us why you wanted to discuss that. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. I love being a contributor on your show. And I am so passionate about this topic because if you are anything like me, what happens is that every year it's almost like Groundhog Day. We're waiting for summer to come out and we're so excited and we're thinking about cutoff shorts and tank tops and mini skirts and bathing suits. And then... We're so excited that we go to the bathing suit store 
And an hour later, we are sitting in a puddle of tears with 20 bathing suits inside out strewn all over the floor and nothing looks great. And now, especially coming out of COVID when we've been in our homes for 18 months at war with our refrigerators, there are a lot more people in the same situation that maybe have never faced this before. And then you take all of that and you go to wherever you're going, if you're going to the barbecue at your next door neighbor's backyard or the pool party at your girlfriend's house or the Hamptons or the shore, and now you're at a party and you say, oh, I am going to take off all this weight this summer and I am going to be perfect and I am not going to have anything at this party. And then you get there and there's this cute little drink and it's so fruity and it's frozen and it looks so much fun. And it's got a little umbrella with the cherry on top. And it's, it's summer, how could I not have one? And then you have one but then there's sugar in it and it makes you want another one. And then the food wars start going off in your head. You're like, no, I said I wasn't going to have it, but it's just a little one. It's such a cute little drink. It's summertime, I deserve it. No, that's not what you deserve. You deserve to be healthy, but I'm just gonna have one. And then before you know it, you have a couple. And then because you've had a couple, now you need to have a sandwich that looks so fabulous that has every, Thing in the world in that sandwich and then you say to you know what to heck with it i already blew it i'm gonna have the whole plate of brownies so can you relate miss cindy i think everybody can relate to that and it's not just the food and the material stuff it's the behavior we have we're suddenly out and about and we act like children again like oh could we break curfew and not get in trouble and that's the same mentality as if I have another one, will it really matter? And your expression of describing it is so perfect, whether or not it's a beach scene or a camp or even attitudes at work. People dress more casually as casual, you know, dress down Fridays and there's picnics. So everybody, regardless of where you live, goes through that. So you really described it really well. And of course you related it to the beach. Can you relate it to other areas of our lives where we would binge in the summer? You know, and I, this is what I know is that food in general is an addiction. There are addictive behaviors when it comes to food. So it could be anything. I mean, you know, insert addiction here. It could be smoking, it could be drugs, it could be alcohol, it could be porn, it could be shopping, it could be dating, it could be anything that you can't get enough of, that's your weakness. It and could- that's why I think you named your book Binge and Sprint because you could binge, like you said, on dating. You can, you can binge do- on shopping. I mean, just think, you know, you talk summer. I know so many people that, especially being in so much, are binging with money they don't have on clothing now just to get out and do something and feel different. So I'm seeing that obsession and that binge happening, and it has nothing to do with food or your physical appearance. Right, exactly, because it's all about the downward spiral. Because when you're talking about an addiction, the process of it is that, you have some because it makes you feel good. That's why we get addicted because it makes us feel good for the moment. But then afterward, we feel terrible. So then we binge more to make ourselves feel better. And then we feel terrible. So then we binge more to make ourselves feel better. And then round and round we go down this old too familiar spiral, whether it's with food or, you know, insert addiction here, whatever it is for you. Okay, so we're talking about binging, but I just got a text from someone who said, I'm, I don't relate to this because I don't binge. I bet they fit into the second part of your topic. So tell us about the sprint. So the reason that I binge in, in my, why I named my book Binge and Sprint is because 
I spent a lifetime using cake as fortitude, just giving me that, how would I even explain it? Just giving me that strength, that power to go from, and then it's sprinting, getting everything done. Um, I have, I've never had less than two or three jobs at one time. And you go from that with all of this incredible amount of work and knowing where you're going and accomplishments. And so the sprint could really be anything. It could be, it could look accomplishing. It could look like you rule the world, but underneath there's always a mindset of trying to prove yourself, just using anything as a springboard to prove yourself. I even used to use dieting as a springboard to prove myself. So do you believe in the word dieting? So, um, this is, this is, this is a whole other topic in and of itself. Um, well, we'll, I, have an, we'll have that then next time we know, but in a simple yes or no kind of situation, I don't believe in diets. Okay. So you don't believe in diets, but you're going to explain that to us, but you must have a solution in your mind when you talk about, and you did it so great. I loved your expression. I, I could feel it through the radio of drinking that drink with the umbrella, like <laughs> eating that extra sandwich. And you know what? You probably don't even eat a lot of carbs, but you took the bread and you took the probably sandwiches with like double the amount of bread. Forget that you probably don't eat. And that's what happens to people. So what is a solution? So really what the solution is, and, and I'm not, I'm not going to insult you and, and say, oh, here are the tips for being slim during the summer. Here you go. I'm sure you've read thousands of magazines, uh, you know, with little articles here and there over the last 20 years. But I really want to have a conversation with the listeners about really what it takes. So I believe that you've got to go into the summer with a game plan. Either you're going to plan your summer or your summer is going to plan you. I mean, really, what, you know, military in the history of the world ever went into hostile territory with no plan? They didn't just get to the battlefields and said, well, we'll wing it and see what happens. No, you're going to have to make a decision before you go into summer, before you're going to go into that party. And there's a lot of different ways that you can decide, but basically the three different things, just if you want to compartmentalize it like that, is you may want to go into the summer. The first thing, the first scenario is that you may want to go into the summer and just say, you know what? The heck with it. I am just going to do what I want this summer. If I feel like having a drink, if I feel like eating a whole pizza pie by myself, I'm just going to go and enjoy and the heck with it. And if that's what you want to do, more power to you and have fun and enjoy every second. So that's one way of going into it and just deciding that you you don't want to have to deal with anything else. So the second thing is you may say, you know, I'm feeling pretty good about myself and I want to have fun and I just want to maintain where I am this summer. So then the game plan, what would that look like if you just want to, you want to have fun and you want to maintain People say have everything in moderation, but what does moderation really mean? If moderation to you means I'll just have one or two drinks every night, or I'll just have one or two pieces of cake every night, that's you're, that's not going to be maintenance for you. If you want to leave the summer the way you go in, one idea may be to just really up your game with what you're eating and your exercise during the week and then weekends. You want to have a drink here, a drink there, a piece of cake, a slice of pizza, you'll come out even. And then there are the people who just get that moment of clarity in the bathing suit store with the 20 bathing suits inside out strewn all over the floor. And they say, you know what? I'm done with this. And then in that case, You've got to go into the summer knowing that you are going to make a change. But the danger in that, and I want you guys to really listen to this, the danger in that is that then if you have something that you weren't planning on, you say, oh, I can't do this. And then there goes everything. 
and you eat the whole box of cookies. I wanna to explain to you that if you decide to really go for it this summer and then you end up having a few things you're not supposed to, do not beat yourself up. That's called being human. That's called human nature. That's called your pleasure receptors. We're built that way, we're wired that way. If you have something, have a few things, have them enjoy. And it doesn't matter that you had them. What matters is how quick can you get back in the saddle? Pick up where you left off. Don't beat yourself up. Enjoy what it was and move on. I love the fact that you did not give one solution. You gave options and you gave hope because the one that's the most stringent, of course, the last one is the one that's the one that most people have the mindset of to do. And that's the one that leads to a lot of failure. And what I see here in this entire discussion, it's all in the mindset. Are you going in, first of all, feeling as a success or a failure? Because if you're going in with a negative attitude, you're never going to succeed. That's right. So it is all mindset. And I, and I do believe that we forget how incredible we are. I think that we forget that we are all children of God and that we all have our special light and that we can't measure ourselves by our dress size or our gene size or how much or not or less jiggle we have in our bathing suits. It has nothing to do with anything. We're all perfect beings and every stage in life, sometimes you're a little bit larger and sometimes you're a little bit smaller. And I think that the important thing is, is just when you're a little smaller, don't be a jerk about it to other people who really aren't there yet and show support. Um, because it takes a village, just everybody support each other and and just feel good about yourself because you're doing great and you've got this. Stick to your guns if that's what you're after and give yourself a little bit of grace if you fall off the horse and just get right back in the saddle. And you keep talking about food, but what I really liked about you when we discussed you coming on the show as opposed to other nutritional food lifestyle people who wanted to come on, your issue of binge and sprint, like I said before, doesn't just relate to food. It could be summer jobs or summer activities. All of a sudden it becomes summer and people are running around in recreation and they forget the responsibilities at home. And that's just as much as a binge and a sprint mentality and a mindset as is whether or not you're drinking three um, frozen margaritas with iced teas on top, you know, st you know, decorated with chocolate covered pretzels. I mean, that binge and sprint is all in your head and how you deal with it. A lot of the sprint could even just be work. It could be people overworking their businesses. It could be people staying too late at the office. There's all of that because really what a binge is on any level or with any type of addiction or any problem uh, is, is really all about not feeling good enough about yourself. It all comes down to self-worth. So if any of my listeners want to summarize our conversation, because there was so much given here, in a sentence or two, what would you say to them about it's coming up to July 4th weekend. The summer is here. How do you want to, how, how do you want them to welcome in the summer and enjoy it? I just want everybody to know how incredible they are and don't get stuck in body image because honestly, you're just too fabulous for that. Know who you are, decide where you want to go, make every effort to do that. And if you come up short here and there, give yourself some grace, get back on the horse and know that you'll achieve whatever it is that you want and have fun. If it's not fun, we're not down. Okay. So just have a good time. Enjoy your summer, everybody. And you look fabulous. Where can we find you? Where can our readers contact you? I'm sorry, our listeners because people are also reading this, I guess, as they're going through their podcast and uh, having subtitles, because uh, we are international. 
Uh, where can they find you and look you up and contact you directly with their questions? Please visit my website, bingeandsprint.com. And you can, there's links to Amazon for my book. You can read about me. I also have, this can be very helpful. I have a free download. I've created a binge hack workbook and um, I created it from, I, I logged all of my binges for a full year and it really helped me to become aware of what the issues were and helped to pull me out of them uh, for good. So definitely take a look at that and you can also write me a note and I'd love to hear from you. Well, I just found something I'm going to look up because I didn't even know you had that log. So you gave me some homework to do. And I can't wait to take it to the beach and read that instead of eating another sandwich. <laughs> Naomi Joseph, contributor, Binge and Sprint. Thank you. You are always so positive, informative, and a welcome to Cindy Celebrity Corner anytime. Thanks for having me. Bye, everyone. Hi, this is Donnie Most, and I always enjoy listening to Cindy Celebrity Corner with Cindy Gross. Selling a home can be expensive and stressful. Remax IQ has created a smarter home selling experience. Our successful real estate agents in New York will sell your home for as little as 2% commission and get you top dollar, stress-free, and fast. Just ask Joseph M. from Brooklyn. Remax IQ made it easy. No for sale sign. I had offers in days. I saved $10,000 in commission and I was in contract fast. If you're thinking of selling, Remax IQ has created a smarter home selling experience. Our successful real estate agents in New York will sell your home for as little as 2% commission and get you top dollar, stress-free, and fast. To learn more, call 800-800-1372. That's 800-800-1372. We're not a discount broker. We're Remax IQ. Speak with a top agent today. 800-800-1372. That's 800-800-1372. Or visit RemaxIQ.com. Terms and conditions apply. Visit www.remaxiq.com slash disclaimer. Here is your host. Welcome back to Cindy Celebrity Corner. I am your host, Cindy Gross. And just like that, the hour flew by. I promised you great guest, great conversation, and lots of information to think about. I hope you enjoyed the show. Please let me know what you think. You can reach out to me through my website, Cindy's Corners, and email me through there. Or you can reach me and follow me on Facebook and Instagram. Never miss an episode. Download it on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcast, Podbean, Jewish Podcast, and you can also listen to us through the Talkline Radio Networks. Thank you for joining Cindy Celebrity Corner, where all our angles and points meet and where you don't have to be Jewish to enjoy the Celebrity Corner. Thank you and have a good night. Thanks for listening.